The things that I like most, I'm going to look for the issues in those things. Um, and it's my personal way of verifying how we convert one form of energy into another form of energy. And what portion of that energy is fucking wasted? The Tykeens podcast contains language that may be offensive to your sensibilities. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. What economic school do I come from? Well, the answer might surprise you. You might not like it. Who knows? Stay tuned and find out. Welcome back to the Tykeens podcast. So I've been asked a lot of, uh, well, quite recently, a lot, you know, what economic school do I hail from? And the, the answer might shock you. It might not. It might disappoint you. It might make you happy. Um, I guess in a, a, a lot of ways, I'm a contrarian. So the things that I like most, I'm going to look for the issues in those things. Um, and it's my personal way of verifying a theory or a model. Um, so if I make a tweet on social media about something I like, it may seem like I'm critiquing it, but it's my own personal way of giving it validity and exploring the topic more in depth. So what school do I come from? Well, before I can really say that, we have to kind of go through what the economic schools are. And there's, there is a bunch of them. So I, I couldn't go through them all, but I can, I can list the main ones. And I think we can start with the mainstream. Some people call it uh, neoclassical economics, mainstream economics. And there's kind of two sub-branches um, in, in mainstream economics, and that's freshwater and saltwater. Um, so the, the freshwater kind of school emerged in the 1970s. Um, and it was it was their attempt to make macroeconomics dynamic. Um, kind of hailed from the um, University of Chicago. Um, for me, looking at both freshwater and saltwater, I don't see a lot of difference. Really, it all goes back to Valeris um, in eighteen seventy. Um, he was in France looking at uh, commodity markets and the supply and demand and how supply and de demand is determined and can you find um, equilibrium. So really the question of mainstream economics or neoclassical economics and the subgroups within it, freshwater and saltwater, is can you find equilibrium? And it's a valid question. Now, whether you, when you run it to its logical conclusion, can believe it, um, that's another story, but it's a valid fucking question. Okay, so that's that's basically um, mainstream economics. Um, you have another school, um, Austrian economics, um, and, and Austrian economics kind of is theorizing about the individual's choice um, and a bunch of individuals making choice, and basically, it suggests that you can build macro from micro. Um, so, and it's really like, what are the ramifications of individual choice? And it's very, it's deductive reasoning. 
Um, and there's some some good parts to it, um, I must say. And I will say, you know, ninety, you know, all the schools generally agree about ninety percent of everything, right? It's only the, it's the the divisions get highlighted in papers and the media and social media, but really, there's a lot of agreement overall, right? So really, it's it all boils down to the the economic problem, right? We have endless desire to consume but there's a limit amount of, of resources to consume so you know the economic problem is persistent um, through it all so you got you got Austrians right and then you've got post Keynesians so post Keynesians are essentially saying that um, there is a, a business cycle and during the downturn in the business cycle, the government can step in and boost aggregate demand. So you're not going to eliminate the cycle, but you could lessen the oscillation. Um, and I, I believe in that. I think um, I think that's it's proven through history. You look at the Great Depression as a test. Um, in the 1930s, they did the opposite of that, essentially. Um and you had the Great Depression. Had there had been an effort actually to spend more on the government's part um, and the Federal Reserve not reducing the money supply, we may have only had a recession or a strong recession, not a Great Depression. So that's post-Keynesian economics. And there's other, there's new Keynesian economics. Again, building a ma- a ma- macro from micro, um, and which leads into the whole fallacy of composition issue. I'm not going to get into the exact critiques I have of each school because there's many on every post-Keynesians too. I, I, there's things that bother me. Another, and there's our subfields in like post-Keynesian. So you got MMT, modern monetary theory. Okay. And so modern mon- monetary theory, first and foremost, has a foundation of an accounting identity, right? It's stock flow consistent, right? It describes what the economy is. Okay. And there's more to MMT. Um, so when I look at MMT, I really like the stock flow consistent aspects, the accounting identity, tracking your assets and your liabilities. But that's not all of MMT. So it postulates theories to improve the economy, the job guarantee, et cetera, et cetera. It advocates for price anchors that are controlled by the government because the government is the currency issuer. Um some things I agree with MMTs, other things I don't. It's, so that's, you know, an, another part of economics. There's institutional economics. So institutional economics, you know, before 1870 was really the mainstream, right? And it's describing the evolution of the system itself. And it actually goes really good hand in hand with system dynamics. A lot of people, a lot of you know, that's my modeling technique is system dynamics. Um. But after, you know, Walrus in 1870, got a lot of names in my mind right now, you know, institutional economics became like a heterodox um, field, right? So there, you're not looking at the evolution of a system anymore, the emergent uh, properties, studying that. There's no interconnectedness, right? It went, you know, from 1870 onwards, it went from a, a causal relationship w- when modeling Although it was in, in its infancy, you could say it's not like modern system dynamics um, to basically open loops. Basically, A 
does something, so B will do something else, right? You're not looking at, well, okay, well, what is B telling A to do, completing the loop, right? So that's institutional economics. Um, you have um, ecological economics. So you, now you're venturing into the limits of growth. Um, Jay Forrester, you know, kind of started that off with Dennis Meadows, um, um, Dennis Meadows' wife, who's passed, um, Daniela Meadows, um, Jorgen Randers, big names there, a lot of other names, right? So you, now you're looking at like the resources, the physical resources in an economy. Um, and other schools will tr- acknowledge those physical resources, but they're not fo- they're focused more maybe like MMT acknowledges, you know, the constraints of physical resources, but it doesn't do an in-depth st- study on it like it does on the monetary side. So you have ecological economics, you know, great, love it. Um, then you have econophysics. Um, and econophysics is definitely, it's a non-orthodox, um, right? It's, it's very, very interdisciplinary, uh, um, kind of a field, right? So it's developed by physicists, right? And it's, it basically rejects um, the neoclassical view of equilibrium, right? So it's, it's dealing with probable probability, stochastics, et cetera, et cetera, right? And it's trying to employ, you know, fundamental constants, right, to to make realistic models. So that's like, there's other things like, um, what, what other schools could there be out there, right? Um, you know, equality economics, feminist economics, right? They, the list can go on and on and on, right? And where do I fall into that, right? So a lot of people have said, well, you're an MMTer, Diane. Because I use Minsky and I do all godly table thing and I track, you know, the assets and the liabilities and the equity, right? And, you know, my conclusion doing that is MMT is correct as a currency issuer. It's it's creating the money first, right, before it's taxing. Okay. Or, you know, if it's, even if it's it's issuing, the thing with MMT is, right, it considers, you know, treasuries or bonds as money. It's the equivalent to money. So it's issuing first, right? It also includes the central bank is an agent of the government. And of course, they are doing repos, going into the secondary market and outright buying these treasuries, which create settlement balances. So, you know, if this central bank is a part of the government, they're creating the central balance. Ba- uh, settlement balances in the first instance, right? Along with the treasury creating bonds. Um, but then there's things within economics, right? So uh, with M- MMT that, no, I don't, I don't agree with. They don't really have mathematical models, right? So they've got their accounting correct, right? And then they, they have, you know, policy prescriptions like the job uh, guarantee. But really the only models that, that are based on on, you know, issuing a job guarantee or old post-Keynesian models, right? Other than that, it's just written philosophy. Do I agree with it? Yeah, anything to help the uh, common worker out, right? And poor people. If it takes a job guarantee, I'm on board, right? So, but I'm not, you know, I'm not jumping head over heels for MMT, you know, because, you know, they claim they've got a price anchor that determines the price level and the theory's finally solved and we know what the price level is now. Yeah, I'm not sold on that shit. 
So same with post-Keynesian economics. Really, in a lot of ways, they, they you know, implement, you know, neoclassical strategies in their modeling, right? So a lot of trash in post-Keynesian economics, right? But it, on the flip side, it encourages government spending to help the poor and the suffering, right? And in the working class, I agree with, right? You know, ecological economics, it can become quite divisive, right? Are you catastrophizing an issue, right, to gain, you know, influence, you know, status, right? You know, how are you using ecological economics, right? And um, I I like ecological economics for sure. Econophysics, well, hey, I'm not going to pretend I'm a physicist, so I don't know a lot, right? I do know there's one character named Tim Garrett. Um, who's a physicist that has ventured into um, economics. And it just seems like a solid framework to work from. You know, once you put in physicists or engineers into the equation, uh, it, it, it piques my attention. It really does, right? Versus the fuckery we see um, from the, you know, the, I won't even say mainstream or heterodox. I'll just say the normal economics because it's all full of fuckery and philosophy. Right, unprovable, you know, writings. Right, so yeah. So where do I sit? You know, people thought I was, you know, and then I get shit by MMTers because you know I I critique this stuff about MMT. So then they're like, well, what are you? And people are like, are you post Keynesian? You follow Steve Keen? You must be post fucking Keynesian, right? And then I'll say something contrary, you know, modeling in post-Keynesian economics fucking sucks. And people are like, well, well, wait a minute, I thought you're post-Keynesian, right? I think I put out the clues, you know, which area I really strongly come from, right? And I put out the model world too in Minsky, um, which was Jay Forster's predecessor to um, the world three model done by Dennis Meadow and company. Right, Jorgen Randers, um, Daniela Meadows, um, which was quite a bit, uh, you know, you know, I think it was an order, 18th order model versus a fifth order model of the world two. So from world two to world three, there's, you know, a four times size increase in in complexity, you know. So, and I've, you know, I, well, two months ago, I kind of, did um, Tim Garrett's model, No Way Out model. You know, he's a physicist. Mm-hmm. Ecological economics, right? So if I was going to place myself, I don't like, the lines blur, right? There's not one piece, right? But if I w- had to pick one, I'd be an ecological economist. That's, that's the school I would be in. Because that's the important thing, right? We are now approaching, you know, those planetary boundaries. And we're not just talking about CO2, we're talking about resources. So, you know, some schools can say, well, you can just divide those resources in the smaller and smaller pieces, right, to keep productivity going with more and more energy, right? I don't believe in that, right? There's finite amounts of materials, right? You look at it like computer chips. You're now reaching that plateau, right, where we're not doubling the speed every couple of years, right? We've made, you know, the processor, I think it's some of the, what do you call the circuitry? Somebody in the comments can say, we've reached the smallest pieces we can make on these boards now, 
Okay, we got to go to quantum computing next. And by the way, going to quantum computing needs exponential growth in energy, energy use, right? To build that infrastructure, right? There's no just, well, we've discovered this new technology. No, you used a bunch more energy, right? And you've moved society along through exploiting energy, converting one form of energy into another, right? And that all goes to ecological economics. Now, ecological economics, like the the World 2, World 3 models, did not focus on the monetary side. In fact, it made a point of leaving it out, right? Because it was just noise to them. And really, when you run the model, there are capital investment, and you can change parameters, right, to simulate what, uh, you know, public spending would be, right? But this is on a global level, right? Um. I do think, you know, and I know the new Earth for All model, um, which is like World 4, essentially, um, has started to include, you know, some monetary aspects, right? It, it, there does need to be that integration there, right? Because the, we, uh, you know, behaviors, you know, in the system are influenced by the stock of money in certain stocks in the bank accounts, right? You know. Uh, the stock of money firms hold the stock of money financial the financial sector holds right even the treasury account which you know some schools say well it's not it's just an accounting identity but it drives behavior right so we have to identify these behaviors right because they are going to influence how much we extract um, what resources we're extracting and at what rate right so it's very important. So you could say, you know, I'm definitely, you know, MMT post-Keynesian too. <laughs> Though I don't agree with a lot of it. Right? That's, with ecological economics, if you leave out the, you know, stop the, the whole stop the oil campaign, which I don't know if I really agree with or not. Um, you know, ethically, they're raising a point. Um, but to think that we're just going to turn off oil tomorrow is naive it's fucking naive at best right so yeah ecological economics that's where it's at that's what's going to dictate um you know us moving forward as a species is our resources and how we employ them right so you're right you can include money in that analysis right and see what's driving behavior but at the end of the day, if you remove the monetary, if you, we just woke up tomorrow and said we didn't have a monetary system, the dynamics of the real, real resources would it still exist, right? We're still going to be out there exploiting them <laughs> as individuals, right? So, yeah. If people are wondering, that's where I stand, right? That's where I'm going to put the most fucking emphasis on everything I put out. You know, We are using up resources, right? We want to switch to green technology. It's going to take a ton, a shitload of fucking fossil energy to make that transition. Meanwhile, we are still just extracting fossil fuels and other minerals to keep the fucking show going. We haven't made a change. You know, all the fucking green energy that we now produce just goes on top of uh, supporting the growth of fossil fuels. 
right? It's just going to more growth. It's not offsetting fossil fuel. We haven't made a fucking dent. We haven't made a dent in the gigatons of CO2 going out in the atmosphere yet. We haven't even made a fucking dent. You got to remember, CO2 parts per million has a half-life, sometimes hundreds of years. <laughs> we haven't even started to address it, right? So... There are things that will address it, though, when we run out of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I stand. That's, that's really what's important to me is, you know, energy and resources. That's what drives, you know, that's what drives productivity. Energy. Conversion of energy. You know, energy, like if you look at it from a thermodynamic perspective, energy is. It's a constant in the universe, right? And we take that energy and we convert it into another energy. And there's some waste in between. And can we reduce that race to get to get more efficiency out of the energy we're converting? Sure, but it's not going uh, to save or you know be thrifty. It's going to keep growing. It's going to growth, right? So this is why I said last week, and somebody challenged me. You know, capitalism is probably not the fruitful way to go moving forward. It's it's a fucking disaster, right? It, it is perpetual growth. Any form of capitalism is perpetual growth. And this individual says, well, no, you know, capitalism can be refined. So look at China and look at Japan, right? Well, what's any different from them now with America in the 50s and 60s, right? Where we thought, you know, capitalism, that's the way to go. Look at that 20-year period of the fucking golden age, right? It'll go on forever. We're going to live in that prac, right? The American prac. Obviously, that didn't turn out to be true. And that'll go for China, too. It's, it, capitalism is inherently unstable, right? Because it is trying to manipulate energy and raw resources um, by adjusting a, a monetary unit, right? So... If somehow monetary units were tied to, to the value, like the physical value of raw resources and their availability and energy, you know, there might be a different story. There might hate equilibrium, but there may be then an equilibrium between the monetary system and the, the physical resource system and the energy system. But it's not, right? It's completely fiat. How we convert one right. form so, of energy into another form capital of energy. system, right? and what portion so it's never, of that energy it's never is going to be in wasted. tune with our biophysical world, right? Right. But it is driving behavior. Important stuff it is driving so the that's behavior. Where I stand. How we consume. I'll say it. I'll say how it we right extract. Here. I don't care about resources. The school and the aura of post-Keynesian economics. I don't care about the story about you know the government's not physically constrained. You know, it's resource constraint. All right, then focus on the resources. I don't care about that stuff. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I got my insights from Warren Mosler. You know, the government is issuing first before it's taxing. I got it. Got it. Long time ago. Got it. Good enough. Right? I'm not going to be hashtagging learn MMT. Right? I'm not going to be hashtagging PK. You know, I'm not going to be hashtagging whatever Austrian fuckery they hashtag. <laughs> like hashtag gun ownership, private property. <laughs> I don't know, whatever, right? Am I going to hashtag salt water or hashtag fresh water? I don't give a fuck, right? It's all philosophical debating and writing. 
Great writers, great writers. Like I said, you know, an episode or two ago, great fucking writers in economics. Now, but I don't give a fuck. I'll go re- read Socrates. I want fucking great writing. <laughs> like, so I can't stress it enough. Ecological economics, right? Study of our physical world, right? And how it impacts our economic system, right? And then, you know, I watch econophysics, like people like Tim Garrett's. I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand the depth of the math, the, you know, atoms colliding with each other, right? Um, But God, you know, you know, you look at at economists uh, or uh, physicist models, right? They're tight, small, and they're provable, right? And they are using universal fundamental constants, right? So if a physicist is jumping in the field of economics, I'm going to pay attention. At least going to watch, right? And I think there's a uh, a unity there between um, econophysics and ecological economics that could be fruitful, right? And I think you know MMT, you know Stephen Hale, um, with his um, programs in Australia is looking at the ecological side and trying to address those things. So there's MMT is getting into it. I really, I really, that's what I want to see. You know, I want to see MMT, you know, integrate into ecological economics and really focus. They've got the monetary side done. Okay, bravo, bravo. Okay, now let's look at the physical resources, right? What's important, right? Because we can just make money. <laughs> That's not, we've, we've decided that, we've discovered that, we've acknowledged that, right? You know, so, Yeah. If you're uh, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, I guess that would be iTunes, whatever. I'm not, I'm not into everything there. Um, all those, you know, make sure you're following, right? So you can get, um, you know, notification that, you know, I put out a new podcast. If you're watching on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, you know, hit that like button. Give me some comments about the different economic schools. You know, where do you fit? You know, what's important to you? Right? No. Do you do you think what I'm saying is just utter fucking bullshit? Tell me. Let me know. I interact with everybody. I'll give you a like even if you say something really fucking stupid. I will. Right? I appreciate you guys. Right? Make sure you're checking out my Patreon. You know, buy me a cup of coffee. You see my blog post. I put the little buy a cup of coffee link. You know, help me out if you can. If not, you know, I give out my shit, most of it for free anyways. So, you know, find me on Twitter, at Ty Keens. YouTube, at Ty Keens. LinkedIn, Ty Keens, if you really want that professional relationship. Tykeens.com, you know, I'm constantly putting new system dynamic models on there, built in Minsky. Right. And usually those models will have a blog or a video link attached, give it more context, context and depth. So make sure you check out tykeens.com. It's got, you know, all my, you know, live streams with Steve and friends. You know, it's got the list of all these um, um, podcasts and vidcasts. Um, It's got all my blogs and a bunch of other stuff. So check that out. Anyways, guys. 
<laughs> this is my journal, you know, this is my journal that I give out to everybody. I explode, I expose my journal to everybody. And I've given you another page this week and I'll give you another one next week. See you later.